0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. You're listening to a section of the LibriVox NaNoWriMo project, in which a number of LibriVox volunteers write and record a whole novel together, in serial form, during November 2006, THE PROJECT IS BASED ON THE IDEA STARTED BY THE NATIONAL NOVEL WRITING MONTH. CHAPTER THREE WRITTEN BY DAVID BARNES LONDON, NOVEMBER third, two 2006 Trevor settles in front of his computer, a bowl of breakfast cereal in one hand, and a cup of coffee on the desk in front of him, hoping the latter will help open his eyes and brain. The word Worldcon is still rattling in his head from the day before, unblunted by sleep, signifying nothing, insinuating much. Like a long-forgotten name or the snippet of a song that refuses to be recognised, it sits in front of him, elbows on knees, and stares intently at him. It waits for him to meet its gaze. It knows he will— He runs his hand across his face, rubs his palm across his eyes in a circular motion, animal-like, shakes his head, and peers at the screen. He does worry sometimes about the hours he spends staring at the computer, but over recent weeks this has become his usual way of starting the day. A quick trawl through the LibriVox forums, looking out for progress on any of the projects he's working on, It can easily become a two-hour breakfast, depending on what's happened in the time he's been asleep. Today, though, he has a specific aim in mind. He goes straight to the forum and to the project thread for The Mystery. An audio file has been uploaded overnight, just what he was hoping for. He clicks the link to download the file and waits. As he watches the progress bar in the download window, his thoughts slow and inevitably descend. It's a well-worn path, but he stops short before reaching the bottom, before reaching Rebecca, Cambridge, Rebecca, and the flight that did not land. Something is scratching at the very edge of his brain, and he can't grasp what it is. There's a connection somewhere, a cause, a logical pattern, just waiting to be noticed. It's small enough to hide, vague, fuzzy, but undeniably there, a small furry animal, a chinchilla, the chinchilla of suspicion.' good word, he thinks, a scintilla of a chinchilla of suspicion. Or is it curiosity? Oh, what the heck, he's named it, and that's what counts. Now it stops worrying him, for the time being at least. He can uncrease his forehead, unslit his eyes, and, armed with his chinchilla, can once again face the world." download complete. His music application opens, and the mystery file begins to play. It's not a reader he's heard before. It's a male voice, quite deep and rich, heavily accented, certainly not a native English speaker, but he can't place it exactly, possibly Middle Eastern or some variety of Mediterranean, There are so many languages and accents he's never heard, and he's far from being a linguist anyway, that he knows it's hopeless to try and pinpoint it. But he listens intently, so as to fix it in his memory for future reference. After the usual LibriVox disclaimer, dedicating the recording to the public domain, the reader gives the title of the piece, The Mystery, Inspired by the Exploits of T.M., and that's it. No author, no date, no reader name. Does Trevor notice the initials in the subtitle, and that they match his grandfather's? If so, he makes no outward sign. He is still, his eyes closed, his head tilted slightly forward. The casual observer would think he was either completely absorbed in the recording or fast asleep. The recording lasts ten minutes. As it ends, Trevor raises his head, opens his eyes, takes off his earphones, and wipes a tear from his cheek. Pulling the door closed behind him, he turns up the street towards the park, the railway station, and the bustle of the main street. He needs air, He needs to feel the ground beneath his feet, To steady his legs, To know he is still whole and solid, To see a live human face, To crowd out the memories of the dead, To calm his mind, And still the cacophony of questions, The hum of answers vying for his attention. There's no better place than a busy city street at midday, to clear the mind of elevated thoughts. He'd seen the travel agents before, but not paid it any attention. Little of the real world penetrated the thick carapace of his thoughts, and that little was certainly not the local discount travel shop. He couldn't imagine what sort of business a place like that could do, a window full of posters for cheap weekend breaks in the Mediterranean or Eastern Europe, but little sign of activity inside. His hand was on the door even before he noticed, and it gave little enough resistance to his unconscious push. His palm felt the ridges on the aluminium pushplate as they pressed lines into his flesh, and his face the warm air that greeted him. In his mind the two were conflated. Trevor walked through the open door, and a mini-Trevor squeezed through the metal itself to take refuge inside the handle, unseen, unchallenged, unexpected. The door closes, and suddenly there is perfect quiet, as if the street noise has been sucked out of the air itself. In its place... Piped birdsong and the lapping of waves, then hula music on a steel guitar. You are joking, he sighs inwardly, and his shoulders slump another inch floorwards.
1: Good afternoon, sir.
0: Vapid, chirpy, the sort of voice that clicks the tip of its tongue against its teeth, as if there isn't enough sibilance there already. Hm? Oh, I... I, I didn't... Slow to act, but never slow to judge. He's already decided she lacks gravitas and authority. Her uniform, hairstyle and make-up could have been supplied free with the desk. So well do they match the office decor. Not a hint of personality is evident. Her smile is supported more by lip-gloss than humour. She appears to have been in the process of filing her nails when he came in, and brandishes the metal file in the air above the desk, as if it were somehow still pertinent to the conversation. "'I'm thinking of taking a holiday, something cultural, a bit of history, perhaps somewhere with literary significance. You know the sort of thing.'
1: "'With a beach at all, sir?'
0: "'No, no, definitely no beach.' Well, there could be a beach, but I I don't, you know, internet connection would be useful, though.
1: Is it a family holiday at all, sir?
0: No, not a family holiday, no.
1: On your own, then, sir? Well... Our Liberators range is very popular with holidaymakers of a certain age, sir.
0: Your what? He's too taken aback by the word tours to react to the slur on his age. Surely there can't be a connection to librifox. That'd be too bizarre for words. And commercial to boot. Plus, surely he'd have been offered an administrator's discount, at least.
1: LibriTours, sir, here's a brochure. Guided cultural tours all over the world. Let's see there's paris perambulations one of our best sellers, where you can see the ark of triumph as featured in joan of arc the film there's the eiffel tower but i don't know what book that one's from unless they made a book out of towering inferno hmm. the river seine is featured in Sense and sensibility by jane austen powers and that church from the da Vinci vincicos that's there too We combine Paris with London in our A Trail of Two Cities package. But I think you need more than one day if you're thinking of that one at
0: all, sir. Right. I'll bear that in mind.
1: And let's see. You can do The Great Walk of China. That starts on page 8 and goes through to page 47. Look, but that's a bit more, you know, for the dedicated traveller.
0: The nail-file describes a circle in the air above the brochure, possibly intending to indicate that you'd be walking round China rather than through it.
1: Oh, this is a new one. The Marmalade March. That's in darkest Peru, apparently. I wonder why.
0: Paddington, maybe.
1: Oh, I don't know. Let's see. No, it says Heathrow. Wednesday and Saturday departures.
0: How about the ancient seats of civilization? What do you have there? A blank look is what you have there. Hmm? Greece, Rome, Egypt, Mesopotamia.
1: Well, there's Papyrus Peregrinations, also called Nearly Nile, which I think might be in Egypt.
0: Yes, I think it probably is. I'd be quite interested in that one. I have my own plane ticket, though, so I could join the group in Cairo, if that's all right. Oh, and one other thing. Could I take my chinchilla? The door closes behind Trevor, leaving him alone on the pavement outside, bewildered by the sudden noise of traffic on the high street. Inside, in the relative silence of a Hawaiian beach, the lip-gloss is at last assisted by a smile, but it's a smile of satisfaction rather than humour. Lacquered nails tap on the desktop, then sweep the ridiculous brochure into the waste paper basket. The nail file is again raised into the air above the desk, but now turned and its plastic handle pulled apart to reveal a USB plug. As that is inserted into the port of the desktop computer, A message on the screen shows that an audio file is being transferred from the device. Trevor's voice then issues from the computer's speaker. Could I take my chinchilla? Got him! End of chapter three. Read by David Barnes
1: and Laura Barnes.
0: On November 4th, 2006. Thank you. I think that's everything.